going going from a GP patient to a full arch patient, if all you do is clinical and that's the only thing that you've upgraded and you haven't upgraded your marketing, you haven't upgraded your operations, it's not going to work. Now you're getting marketing patients in. They don't understand. The, pa- the new patient coming in doesn't understand. They've never heard of you before. And then when they come in, they say, hey, um, do you, uh, you know, how much is it going to cost? And they say, well, it's going to cost $15,000 for this arch. They're getting a lot more creative with that so you don't get in trouble, right? Yeah, there's a lot of of things around that. There's a logistical actual way to do that in a way that's on the up and up. Welcome to another episode of the Full Arch Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Gary Bird. I'm the founder of SMC National, where we help you create, convert, and close more Full Arch cases so you can grow the way that you want, but you can't grow if you don't get the right kind of patients into your office and you don't have the right processes to get these full arch cases saying yes. Sophia from the Practice Navigator is going to break down today how she does it for her clients and she's going to give you the blueprint. You're going to want to pay attention. Stay tuned. All right, Sophia, it's good to have you on again. I'm super excited to have a conversation with you. We missed you at the Full Arch Advantage event, but I know you had a medical issue and you hurt your knee and I, I know you're on the mend. So I'm I'm glad you're doing better, but I was looking forward to meeting you in person, but I'm glad I get to talk to you today. And I want to kind of get an update from you of what you're seeing in Full Arch and what you're seeing in offices right now uh, that might be of interest to our audience. Yeah. Thank you, Gary, for having me. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm seeing out there uh, in the implant arch space is, um, you know, one of the things we have to think about is where does the average implant arch patient emerge from? Um, you know, where they where are these patients typically um, being serviced currently? Some of them have been wearing dentures for a long time and and have not uh, been in a dentist because they've they've been just battling and living in silence, suffering in silence with these dentures. And some of them are in your general dentistry practices. The practices, in and around your neighborhood, um, you will find that uh, a lot of these patients are partially dentalists, meaning that they have um, some some teeth and are wearing partial dentures or are wearing bridges. Some, some patients on the upper arch have full bridges on top or three bridges on top. And so, you know, where are you finding your implant arch patients from? Um, and what I'm seeing out in the trend is that a lot of these patients reside in the general dentistry practice. So the question becomes, how do we get those patients uh, to to be able to get the implant arch uh, services and or how do we educate the doctors that are are currently treating and maintaining these patients? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because we know that there's a ton of people. There's a, I think I've heard different numbers, but I think it's somewhere around 10,000 baby boomers are retiring a day. And they are all going to need full arch. And that's a lot of people. And there's not enough doctors to actually support that as that starts to happen. And I know it feels very competitive in the full arch space, but it's it, there's going to be more demand than there is supply here soon. So what what can, how do we think through this from, we got kind of two different groups. So you got the GP office that is not doing full arch or starting to do full arch. And then you have these people who've been doing full arch forever how do we kind of think through that and how does this impact those two groups? Yeah, you know, that's amazing thing to really sit down and think about and figure out the steps with that. 
So um, the general dentist pa- uh, doctor who has the patient already in their practice for the last 10 to 15 years um, have been maintaining this patient periodontally with a partial denture or, or a bridge. They've been putting it on monitor or watch. Let's see what happens with these teeth. And so the way it's impacting these uh, practices currently, uh, a lot of these general dentists do not place implants. And so, you know, they're kind of, you know, just maybe doing one implant at a time or they're not sure what to do. So the patient's kind of in a holding pattern, so to speak. And um, what I'm finding out in the field is that a lot of these patients are in the general dentistry practice. So what do we do? And, and how does this affect, affect the implant arch practices versus the general dentistry practices? Um, you know, in the general dentistry practices, one of the things that doctors worry about is I send my patient over for an implant arch. I now lose a patient that's been in my maintenance and hygiene program for years, right? Yeah. And uh, the way it's impacting the implant arch practices is that uh, the implant arch practice can't really establish the relationship with the patients because the patients trust their existing general dentists that they've been seeing for 10, 15 years. So what do we do, right? That, that's the big conundrum. How do we get these patients that have the need for the dentistry and the doctors in the implant arch centers who have the ability and the skill sets to treat and give these patients a better quality of life? How do we get those two groups together and, and get the general dentistry the general dentist on board with that whole process as well. Hey, I got something crazy to share with you and I'm going to get you right back to the show, I promise. So we have an event called AlignerCon coming up next year. And this month we're giving away a buy one, get one free. We're going to be partnering with Clear Correct, and this is going to be one of the biggest events that we've ever done in Nashville, Tennessee, in the biggest hotel in America. So if you want to come to this, Again, we're going to give you a buy one, get one free. We want to meet you in person. Just go to alinercon.com and we're going to teach you how to create, convert, close, and even some clinical components around clear aligners. So don't miss this event. Go check it out now. Back to the show. What do you think like the biggest hang up is with these full, uh, these GP offices and full arch? Like why aren't people more quickly adapting or adding this to their practices? Um, I think it's the logistics of it. Um, you know, some doctors don't place implants at all. Um, some And some general dentists, if they do place implants, they don't do the full implant arch option. So what we're finding is, you know, as a implant case acceptance coach, I get called in to come in and see, you know, basically how we can incorporate implant arches in a practice that is currently not doing implant arches or are in the beginning stage or have already been doing it, uh, just wants a more robust process and also have everyone trained on board. And the way that works out is um, what we do is basically when we identify the patient, both getting the general dentist and the team on board and understanding how the process works, but also if a general dentist doctor is not comfortable doing an implant arch, hiring possibly an associate who is, or a surgeon who is, or a periodontist who is, Or one of the things that I've seen over the years and I've worked in a practice, in a group practice doing this model, where the two actually partner together. So they actually basically, once the patient is identified, the implant arch center has a representative and the general dentistry practice have a representative and they marry the two together and find a way to get the patient the solutions that the patient's looking for. 
Got it. Is there any other, what other information do you think GP needs to think through before they start going down this road? What, a GP office that says, you know what? I've had so many uh, full arch cases that I've referred out. I've started the process. I've kind of learned how to do full arch. Uh, maybe I flew out of co- a country. I did a course, whatever it may be. What What are the things that they need to start to think and, and keep in mind to really grow their full arch cases? So GP practice that's looking to grow their full arch cases really need to think about making sure they have a full process and everyone on the team understands what it is. Um, also, primarily, uh, just once the patients have been identified, um, have a proper follow-up protocol in sequence. So sequence of appointments, what's happening when, um, who is following up on that, and what is that patient journey in that whole process. So if a doctor is really thinking about this, the first uh, steps would be to really map it out on paper, have a plan, um, have a patient journey plan for implant arch, uh, the implant arch process in your practice, um, have a marketing budget for it. Implant Arch is because it's an emotional sale. Uh, there's a lot of competitors that are currently in the market. There are co- a lot of dental practices that are offering Implant Arch solution. So your marketing budget has to make sense, depending on what how many Implant Arches you want to be doing each month, and making sure that the entire process is mapped out on paper and that it's not just in a binder somewhere, but everyone knows what it is. We're we're modifying it. We're checking it. We're upgrading it. We're you know, troubleshooting, is this working? Is this not working? What do we need to add? What do we need to take away? But most importantly is really getting a marketing plan on board and then getting a follow-up system on board to support that. Yeah, it's so true. The going going from a GP patient to a full arch patient, if all you do is clinical and that's the only thing that you've upgraded and you haven't upgraded your marketing, you haven't upgraded your operations, it's not going to work. And it, it just won't. You won't have the people to sell the treatment. You won't have people to answer the questions about the treatment. You won't have the systems in place to upgrade, to do the things that you want to do. I give an analogy. It's kind of like, okay, before you were, you're a car factory and you're building a gas powered car. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know what? We're going to build only battery operated cars, no more gas. Are you still making cars? Absolutely. Um, is it radically different? Yes. Different technology, different approach. The shell's the same, right? You're doing dentistry. It's still the same, but the the guts of that car totally transform and you have to learn some new things. You're not going to put motors, gas-powered motors in that car anymore. Now you're putting a battery and that battery has to interlock with a, an electric motor and it, to- and, and, and it totally changes everything about your process. And and it's, it's if you're just like, oh no, we're just going to roll it out and just do that, you would look at the factory owner and say, you're crazy. There's no way you're just going to go from gas to battery with no process changes. You have to radically transform your factory to be able to perform that. And it's no difference for dental. What are some of the things these folks out, uh, there's a lot of people I'm sure that are listening to this that have largely lived on referrals for a long time from other practices. What do they need to begin to think about uh, as this as this uh, transition starts to happen, where more and more GP offices, we just did an event. We had 156 people there. Most of them were GP offices that are adding or have already added full arch to their practices, and they want to do more. What are the people who've lived off of referrals? What do they need to start thinking about and doing to to kind of keep up with the curve that's coming? They, 
I would suggest, um, and I've been in dentistry since 1994, so I would suggest uh, doctors whose practice predominantly relies on referral that those doctors start to think about ways in which they can attract these implant arch cases to their location. That's going to require some market in it, some change it, uh, training with the team, but also partner with the general dentistry practices. So for example, if you're offering, if you're a skilled surgeon who is, who's always lived off referrals, um, you want to make sure that you maintain and nurture those relationships with those referral dentists, but not just the dentist, the team. Um, as a person that's been doing practice management and coaching and been an actual administrator myself, I've been in the trenches. I will tell you that you could refer, but those patients will come back and ask that team member, who do you think I should go to? So it's not just partnering with the dentist, but also uh, the team of the referring practice. And then also, if you have the ability as a doctor who survived off um, referrals all of these years, if you are able to market yourself and position yourself as the expert, you can, depending on how your practice is set up, whether you're just placing implants and then referring it out to a restorative dentist, or you have a restorative dentist on your team, you can start to then Im- uh, market and position your practice and your team as the go-to for implant arches and so that you're actually generating your own cases and you're not 100% dependent on implant uh, referrals from other general dentistry practices. It's really smart. Yeah. The, and then how to, here's the thing I've seen the reverse happen where, uh, from the GP offices where these offices that have been largely referral based, they don't do the restorative cause they don't want to step on anybody's toes. So they, they refer all that out and then they are like, okay, let's do direct to consumer. Let's start marketing. And they get those leads and they can't convert the leads because they've been so used to these easy patient doctor referrals that are just come in and kind of just agree. And there's not a lot of salesmanship to it. There's not too much on the process side that you need to have. They're the easiest kind of patients to get to accept treatment. Now you're getting marketing patients in. They don't understand the the new patient coming in doesn't understand. They've never heard of you before. And then when they come in, they say, Hey, um, do you, uh, you know, how much is it going to cost? And they say, well, it's going to cost $15,000 $15,000 for this arch. And they go, is that for the whole thing? No, you still have to go get the restorative. How much is that going to cost? Oh, that's not my area. And then nobody says yes. And then I'll give another car illustration. It's kind of like, Sophia, if someone went out and they wrecked their car and they took it into the, the shop and they said, hey, how much is it for my car to get fixed back to working order? And they go, oh, it's going to be $10,000. And you go, is that for the whole thing? Oh, no, 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 no. That's just for the motor and the inside, all the dents on the outside and the paint. That's a separate cost. You're going to say, okay, well, I want all of it done. How much is it for all of it? And if they say, I don't know, you have to leave and go do your homework before you can give them a decision. And so most of these places don't understand that. How do you how do you kind of process that and deal with that? So that's something that I've dealt with a lot over the years. And so it goes back to really understanding that, you know, these offices that are doing implant arches that have set up that way went through a process and a training. And most importantly, you have to have the proper support. You have to have that treatment coordinator that is trained to do this. And in my experience, you want to set up the entire case to close. 
So whether the patient is emerging from the general dentistry side and we're referring it over to a, 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 restore, a periodontist or an oral surgeon for surgical placement or vice versa, the patient is emerging from the periodontist or oral surgery group, what you want to do is have your treatment coordinators trained to basically talk about the comprehensive, the whole treatment, give ranges about the whole treatment. And that's when I say partnership between uh, your referring practice. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about having an understanding that this is a case that's coming in. This is what we're thinking of doing. This is what we think this case is going to cost. This is what the surgical portion is going to be. This is what the restorative portion is going to be. And so the two practices can actually work together. There's some of the financing companies that allow us to be able to send the portion of the yeah. fee over to the restorative doctor yeah. and the portion of the fee over to the surgeon. You're getting company. a lot more creative so with that, with, with, so you don't get in yeah. trouble, right? Yeah, there's a lot, of, lot yeah. of things around that. There's a logistical actual way to do that in a way that's on the up and up. And so, you know, it's getting to the point where we as a, a community have to really work on being more collaborative and supportive of each other. It's not a competition. It's we're all serving patients and helping them change their lives and improving their quality of life. And so if we can uh, get the, the team members, the treatment coordinators trained, working together collaboratively, I think this can make it very doable for both the referring and the restorative practices. Awesome. If someone wants to reach out to you, uh, Sophia, and learn more about what you're doing, how do they get in contact with you? Sure. They can go to my website at thepracticenavigator.com. Or you can email me at Sophia at thepracticenavigator.com. Or you can call me directly at 917-945-5527. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. My pleasure to be here. Hey, sorry to interrupt the show, but this is a segment that I think is going to bring a lot of value to you and it's going to help you grow your practice. It's called Ask Gary, and people are emailing their questions in about their marketing to askgary at smcnational.com. Or you can DM us or leave a comment below. We'll grab those. Here's, here's the question for today from Jeff. How many months before opening would you start marketing for DeNovo? And this is a really good question. And it's kind of complex, right? Because there's certain things that you just can't do too early. And there's certain things that you just can't do fast enough. So let's just work through some of those. So obviously, like signage, anything on the front of the building, all that like in-person marketing that you're going to be doing right on the practice has to be done as soon as possible. You literally cannot do that fast enough because the faster you get those signs up, the faster you get that external marketing up, the better. The next thing that you can start to do is as you get closer to opening the practice, so we're talking three months, four months before, is you can start dropping like postcards and different kind of media like that, flyers to the surrounding businesses. But you have to think through how those people are going to reach out to you. So you got to have some kind of special phone line or direct them to another office that's going to answer the phones that you can start to field those opportunities as people want to sign up as a patient. Now for digital, digital, you really can't start marketing it too soon because People don't want to wait months and months to come into a dental office. So usually about a month before you open up, you really want to pepper with social uh, social and, and ads on Google and things like that because now you can start signing people up and you can start driving in new customers. But again, if you go too far out or you try to do that too soon, you're going to lose a lot of money because people are going to call, they're going to answer the phone, and you're going to try to put them two months out. People aren't going to want to do that. So that's today's. If you have a question, email us at askgary at smcnational.com.